take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Joel Egger, everybody. Professor nice. Joel. That's right. And you are That's a right. professor and you, you teach acting, right? And you're an actor as well. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm a professional actor. I'm also a, a professor of acting. I teach all levels of acting and other stuff at a local liberal arts college here in Nebraska. So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I did not yeah. know this. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yep. Yep. You wouldn't know it by my long hair, but I, yeah, I'm a professor. You beat, you took that joke away from me. That was literally the next <laughs> thing I was going to do. So you've already figured out, I can't troll you if you already troll yourself. Like that's what they do. That's, that's the, that's the trick. B- bully them first. <laughs> Joel. I was, a, I was the runt on the playground. So I know how this works. Joel is an overall awesome dude. Super artistic. It's super cool and chill. We met him at an, a per, sitting just randomly in the third row of the A Perfect Circle concert in 2018, yep. and he was yep. just seated to my right, and and we became friends instantly. We've stayed in touch, um, you know. Yep. The, I, coming up on three years later, and I was thinking, Dude. Joel, have we only actually been to one other show together? I can only <laughs> think of Primus. Yes. So so yeah, we saw Primus and Mastodon together that one time, but that's it. And we've we've texted a lot about shows we need to go to, but we haven't actually made it happen. And I think as things start to come back around this summer, I think a show together is definitely going to need to happen. But I was, I was you know three years ago was literally in my downstairs bathroom doing my business. Got on my phone. I was like, man, I've got a free evening. My wife's out of town. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy a single ticket to a perfect circle. I I only saw them at that one Red Rock show. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get this one. I'm gonna spend the money and get a nice, you know, close seat. And it worked out because I got to meet Adam. <laughs> so, well, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Never mind, Chad. But, yeah, but I, mean, I was gonna we, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, yeah, Chad and me for the second Chad's time. Fine. You guys are besties. <laughs> I'm now. I'm now like the guy. You know, I met this really great guy Adam, wheel, and then and then oh, and Chad now twice. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Chad, you've been replaced as my life is is lifelong friend now. So you're the third wheel for this hour, man. You'll Sorry. never catch up to me, though, bro. You'll never catch up to the That's years. True. No, you know like, that's true. So I got you beat there. <laughs> now you have a podcast as well. I do have a podcast. That was one of the things that you know me and my buddy Steve started last year, the end of 2020. So you know in the fall somewhere in there it's been an idea in my head for a long time but my friend steve was like let's do it what should we talk about and so we started doing it we it's called um trying to be better with joel and steve and we're not trying to be better than anybody else what it is is it's just a we, we're longtime friends we've been through a lot of stuff together and uh we're both kind of on a similar trajectory and um, in recovery and all these things we get very vulnerable and it was just an opportunity for us to talk about a range of topics talk to interesting people and really what it was about is an an opportunity for my friend Steve and I 
to have dedicated time once a week where we're talking. <laughs> it just happens to be on a podcast. And I've heard that, it, you know, it, it, it people listen to it that know us are like, yeah, it sounds like I'm just riding in the car with you guys, which is exactly the point. So trying to be better with Joel and Steve. You can find it anywhere, Spotify or Apple. And we also have an Instagram called Trying to Be Better Podcast. And that's where we kind of share the stuff. But we have dozens of listeners. Yes. We're kind of a big deal. Yes. We're kind of, that's yeah, great. we're a big deal. That's great. No, that's awesome. And, yeah. and oddly similar sounding to Adam and I. Just like the 50 million other people that started podcasts yeah. in 2020, <laughs> we're all in the same boat. And I think it's yeah, cool that, that you and your you know, you know lifelong friend that you've been through everything with, Helen back, you guys are talking yeah. about deep shit. You guys are. Yeah, we try. <laughs> you, you're like yeah. trying to be better people and like yeah. motivational speaking and like getting your headspace right. Yeah, you know, I, I, I heard you're getting, you're getting, you get really, really real on your podcast and Adam and I just want to get really yeah. surface. I mean, it's like. <laughs> yeah. You know what though? I mean, but during the global pandemic that really has probably changed our lives forever, what better thing to talk about than something fun, nostalgic, something that doesn't require you, you know, you turn on the news every day and it's like pestilence everywhere you can see and all of a sudden eh, I want to argue about whether Air Jordans or you know Reebok pumps are better I want to talk yeah. about Everclear and if they're any good <laughs> you know like that that sort of stuff I think is really helpful so yes yeah, Steve and I we we get into the because that's just yeah. who we are but podcasts like yours are definitely needed too like we all need to just talk about you know, we've saved a lot of lives. I mean, I, I have heard we have heard countless <laughs> sure stories have. of the lives we've. I'm we've sure you have spared by just the light, getting away from the news. You know, attitude. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Meanwhile, you're going really. You're, you're really helping people. <laughs> I don't know about that. We're helping each other, which may may be the only two people we save with that whole deal. But you know. Don't don't discount distraction. You guys are giving us a healthy, fun distraction. So let's talk about grunge in general, and then we'll we'll hone sure. in. We'll bore down into a specific band. But you know, take it away. I was, I, I you know what? I don't even want to set it up. You start the conversation yeah. where you see fit. Yeah. So what I what I would want to start with, and I am this, I am a kid that you know I was born in 1980. So when you know, Pearl Jam's 10 came out or uh, Nirvana's Nevermind, which was kind of their biggest record. Bleach was a big deal, but and Nevermind put them on the map and, and put every, put them on the radio. I was a, you know, a, 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 you know, adolescent kid in small town Nebraska, right? So like, I don't come from this with any direct experience of the Seattle sound or any of those, any of those early bands. There are bands that I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention, but I know about them retroactively. Sure. Like bands like Tad, bands like Skin Yard, early Soundgarden for sure. Um, the Melvins were around, um, Mud Honey, but even Green River and some of those early Seattle bands, you know, the, the, that was the breeding ground for that. But my entry point was MTV in 1991, 1992, yeah. and the Pearl Jam Alive video and the Smells Like Teen Spirit video. I mean, those those sort of changed my life right at a time when I was like in sixth, seventh grade where I needed a thing. And so like I latched onto that. That's my thing. I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to wear ripped jeans. I'm going to mosh with my friends and I'm going to listen to all of these bands. And, you know, I have to credit my older brother, Colin, who was in high school at the time, who, you know, started buying the record, the tapes. He, you yeah. know, bought Soundgarden's um, uh, record. Bad uh, Motorfinger. Um, 
Bad Motor Finger and, you know, the single soundtrack and Alice in Chains Dirt. But, you know, grunge, I guess we'll get into that word. But the <laughs> Seattle scene was kind of almost waning by that. Yeah, point. it was. You know what I mean? Sure. I guess anybody wants a real history lesson on Seattle and grunge or whatever. Watch the movie, the documentary Hype. Um, I forget the director, but that is the, I think, quintessential Seattle documentary to watch because you'll get you'll get tuned into to bands like Tad or like the Screaming Trees <laughs> Tad. or it just sounds you know, like a name like of some really white guy like he's Tad oh, he's a big white dude with long hair he's the he's the quintessential lumberjack look really from Seattle. I, I see like yeah. a, a yuppie I see like you know it's Chet no. and Tad <laughs> no. Tad, no, this, this is getting I was just too close to, to Chad, Tad. guys. I, I gotta be honest. Can, can we move on? I, I keep right. thinking you're saying. I was listening Chad. to some Tad. I was listening to some Tad to get kind of re- pre- prepared for the for the podcast today, and I was like, these guys were Soundgarden before Soundgarden was big. I mean, they had that chuggy, really, really fuzzy, really hard hitting, very fast tempo thing that I think is is sort of. I don't know, earmarked for grunge, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to try to define grunge music, I would say Tad, Screaming Trees, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains sort of nailed it. Pearl Jam didn't really, they were looped into that. Nirvana was looped into that, but I think that's, uh, yeah, Skin Yard for sure. Kind of all in, in this like droney, really heavy guitar, um, sometimes really, really fast, definitely you can definitely hear punk but you can also hear like you know some of the some of the more hard rock from the 70s yeah um yeah that that when you think about grunge that's what i think about now i'm glad that you said that you were born in 80 because now i know that you and i are the wise ones of the group because we're much older statesman than adam much older how old are you, Adam? Eighty-one. I'm four, four, four <laughs> months old, four months younger than Chad. But on the yeah, show, so. we make it sound so, you know, so far apart. Yeah, yeah. We're the elder statesmen, so you just, you just listen to your elders. Yeah, Adam, here, okay? sit, sit back for a minute. The men got to talk. <laughs> no, I, I, but I, I remember when "Smells Like Teen Spirit" came out and hit the radio. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember Dude. sitting in my living room and and listening to it over and over again and. It just, it spoke to me. It was one of those yeah. things, and you kind of mentioned some of that earlier. There was just, there was something, they were speaking. It was a different type of music that was speaking to me. It was speaking yeah. to an entire generation of people that needed something. And I For think sure. that was what was so incredible about this genre of music. I, I, I can't think of that. I mean, I listened to that song today, that whole record today, and I'm blown away with how well and almost co- commercially pristine it was produced. But I, when when I think about that time, I think about the video. Yeah. I think about seeing those, you know, a basketball court and cheerleaders, <laughs> but it's like... It's like the upside down. It's, yes. it's like it's like the Stranger Things upside down version of totally. high school. So it was like cheerleaders with anarchies on their yeah. shirt and like ripped up. G- and the basketball court became the the mosh pit, and it was like taking over the 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 whole popular you know thing. And and in junior high, I needed that. I needed to. I had a lot going on. I was angry, and I didn't know why. And I wanted to like 
slam dance. I wanted to mosh. I wanted to, I wanted to be a punk and Nirvana sort of gave me the entry point to kind of do things differently. And I, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Like I, I needed that too. And I didn't know I needed it. Yeah. It, it, it can't be overstated how it is impossible to overstate how big that song was and how big that it was, huge. It, it was it, because it was coming off of, uh, you know, 80s butt rock and stuff. I mean, we're yeah, coming sure. off of what was popular at the time. Now, I know, quote, real grunge goes back to the 80s. And like, you know, sure, you sure. know, hard- hardcore grunge people would probably, you know, they, they say by 91, it was already over, basically. Like that right. kind of killed it all. Just like, you know, I, I believe the Black Album by, uh, by Metallica came out in 91 as well. Yeah, by the time right. they made it. They had they, they, that that like pissed off all their hardcore fans because if you grew up with right. Justice for All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, you're like, right? What is this poppy <laughs> on Black Album? They're selling <laughs> out. That's They're what selling the out. album that yeah. we heard for the what our first introduction to Metallica was the Black Album. But then for you sure. go back and you listen yeah. to everything else, you're like, wow, these guys were awesome. Yeah, right. The name that keeps. I think that record. Sorry, I think that record's awesome too. I think the Black Album is amazing. Oh yeah, but that's yeah. because it hit at a time. Like, I love REM, but I don't listen to a lot no. of REM pre nineteen ninety. I listen to. I start REM with Automatic for the People and Monster. I just like, skip I REM listen- altogether. Adam, <laughs> what? I'm not mature enough. I'm not old and mature enough. That's true. That's true. You're not old and mature enough. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same like, wavelength but- here. That's right. So, I mean, I, that stuff, I just ate that stuff up. I've, ta- I've talked before, too, about Beastie Boys' Check Your Head yeah. sort of blowing yes. my mind, too. Paul's Boutique because before that. These, yeah, but I didn't really, I mean, I had older sister listen to License to Ill and Paul's Boutique, but it wasn't really in my world. I was kind of a kid still. Yeah. Check Your Head was my album. Same. So if I, when you say Beastie Boys, so it's And I think it's album. Beastie Boys' album, by the way. I think the Beastie Boys I agree. would say the same thing. That documentary totally that came agree. out was awesome. That came out last it year. Was so it was so good. So great. But you could tell even they are like, yeah, that's when we really found what we were happy with. Right. That's when they stopped sort of the the crazy fight for your right party and started to get serious musicians. Even though they sounded like punks, they were also experimenting with, experimenting with jazz and yeah. punk and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the kind of... So when you say grunge, it's like that's I think that's limited to a certain amount of folks. But like this early 90s to like 95, 96, the, the amount of music that I was taking in was like trying to take a sip from a fire. Hose. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Like all of that stuff, all of that stuff. I was just my mind was blown. So I was listening to every, you know, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, um, uh, Nirvana, um, even Stone Temple Pilots, Beastie Boys, all of that stuff was my thing. But Pearl Jam was sort of the thing that just blew my mind and lit my fire. So they've still, I'm, I'm literally wearing my Pearl Jam 10 Club shirt and I've got my Pearl Jam poster behind me. Like I, that they've, I've stuck with them. When, when Kurt Cobain killed himself, I, up until then, I was kind of like, get, I saw an off ramp from Nirvana. I was just like, I'm just not connecting with the latest record. I don't really dig it. I'm not really into it. But Pearl Jam has kind of always been my thing. And I still, you know, I'm still a nerd. I still love their, le- you know, I've, I've stuck with them since the 90s. But I mean, that, that, I, I can't, I can't differentiate my sort of becoming an adolescent teenager and kind of finding my identity 
I can't differentiate that process from all of that kind of music. Like, yeah, all the stuff I was listening to, that stuff was, it just like, it, it taught me how to feel, to how to live. It was just like, it was my escape. It was my identity. It was for better or worse, how I felt all the time. So yeah, that's, I, I could talk about it. All I'm day. glad to hear you say that. Cause I've been dying all day to ask you something. Yeah, hit me. Music speaks to everybody. Music is personal. So everybody, music speaks to you individually and everybody has the, the, the bands and the, the people they love to follow. For you, why Pearl Jam? Okay. Wow. I don't know that anybody's asked me that ever before, Chad. So I'm glad you asked me that. If, I, if I'm honest, I would love to give some sort of like really nerdy, I'm a super fan um, reason why, but I will tell you. It's the even flow video. Hmm. So that video, when it was not canned, it was not, they didn't like, they didn't, uh, they recorded a live take of that from a show in some way. I think it was Seattle, but I could be wrong. And they just, they just, from that opening riff, it was like I was witnessing what was staged in the Smells Like Teen Spirit video. I was witnessing that happening somewhere. It was a, it was a, frenzy of bodies and rock and roll and Eddie sort of climbing this truss and you know falling into the crowd and people throw and just expressing themselves and singing along and it was just like this was a wild celebration of humanity I couldn't describe it that way at the time but I think back to it now and I'm like I wanted to be a part of that it was something it was like that was showing me how I felt at the time and that's what that was kind of my entry point into their music and then listening to their record it was like it was it was more orchestrated it was sweeping there was there was you know like their song release is just this one chord drone and this weird guy is singing about how his his dad you know uh, he's releasing his dad who's died Mm. and or or the alive uh or, or alive is like this song about this guy you know didn't was raised with one guy who thought he was his dad and then his mom said it wasn't and that his real dad is dead and he was going through it and it was wow. like i can feel yeah. this you know and it was like and then it was their second record versus that was sort of my record it was my pearl jam record and i listened to that ad nauseum as i'm delivering newspapers and it was like even more wild but also even more tender even more emotional even more beautiful even more wild and so you know, those first three records changed me, right? Like 10 versus in Vitology. By the time I was in high school, Vitology and No Code came out and I was all in. They were my band. I, I don't know that I could explain why, but it just started with that wildness from the beginning. And I'm like, man, that kind of scares me. Yeah. Like <laughs> people are throwing themselves around and jumping off of, you know, lighting trusses and and it's like man this is this wild thing i have to go i have to be a part of it and i just kind of hitched my wagon to pearl jam then and 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 i've been critical of them over the years here and there but for the most part i kind of just i you know i'll ride the wave where it takes me as as ed says like i'll just ride the wave i'm i'm kind of i'm on the bus with them this is why we do this show and this is why yeah. uh, hopefully people resonate with it because it's not just about Chad and I sharing our experiences with it or just generally reviewing things. Yeah. We have everybody has connections with art. 
and everybody has yeah. has as deep are deeply impacted by their thing and for you it was pearl jam and it has so much sure. to do with like your life influencing your perception of the music and the music you know influencing your perception of life and, and you're growing yeah. up with this stuff and you you all you just you find your thing and you you latch onto it My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.our3cents.co.uk. Hey Lassie, what are you doing here? Timmy's in a well. Sequelcast 2 and Friends is a podcast looking at movies in a franchise, one film at a time, like... Harry Potter, Hellraiser, and The Hobbit, and sometimes the hosts talk about video games and TV as well, and now it's part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Oh, Lassie, we don't need to rescue Timmy. He likes the well well enough, I guess. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Lassie, I told you to lay off the spoilers. That's why these bands that kicked it off in the late 80s mean so much to us, and the others were just kind of like, eh, that happened. Well, or, I, bands Rose. like bands like Bush and Collective Soul are not anywhere yeah. close to the same level of authenticity, of originality, of, of just yeah. it's it's it's. I mean, they and, and that I mean that must piss people off about grunge, like quote grunge, right. Bush being thrown into the same category as Soundgarden, right. Alice in Chains. You know, right. It, 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 it's too bad. And, and Stone Temple Pilots, like the same thing. They're great. I mean, you listen. I listen to those records still, and I loved them at the time, and they're they're good for what they are now. But I, you know, thinking about Bush's album Sixteen Stone, if you listen to that, and I challenge you guys and all your listeners to check that album out again. Really great, but it's a British Nevermind. It is a Brit. It was it was completely strategically planned, and I'm sure the the, the, the musicianship, all those folks deserve their credit. But if you listen to it in context of uh, Nirvana's Nevermind album, it is a British version of that album. And, and I think Gavin Rossdale was ripping off a lot from the vibe of Kurt Cobain. And they're kind of like, well, everybody. And that was kind of the a great example of sort of glomming on to that. And it's like, it's already dead. I mean, you're already, you're, 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 yeah, you're beating a dead horse at that point. But it, it's not that it's bad music, because I'm sure there's fans out there who really love it. But if you listen to, that's that's what that's grunge. I mean, I would say when I think of grunge, I think of the folks that glommed onto yes. it rather than the originators. Because right. um, the originators hate that term, much like '80s hair bands. '80s hair 100%. bands don't like being called '80s hair bands. Yeah, like and, and right. so you, you know the <laughs> people like the Melvins were legit. You know that is sure. what would be considered legitimately grunge, and even to hardcore fans of that band might think the bands that we really like in 91 aren't quote real grunge but it's it's just a label and then it got so sure. broad that you couldn't even recognize it anymore it was like the verve right. was being thrown into that category yeah. everything was just like <laughs> yeah. well then it just became quote alternative then then alternative. every single rock you know smashing smash mouth alternative right <laughs> it's alternative. like in the same category as like to me like stone temple pilots is a little bit on the cusp i i don't think they're grunge sure. but they are t- certainly closer than some of the other ones we mentioned that right. collective right. soul or whatever 
um, yeah. who never claimed to be grunge, never wanted to be grunge, but the label no. said they wanted to be grunge pop, for is sure. the thing. Yeah. You have to do this. Yeah. You have to wear flannel. And they're like, but we want to be like pop musicians. No, right. no, you're from Seattle. Put on the flannel. Yeah. Put on that flannel hoodie right, right exactly. now, that button up and show a T-shirt underneath it. Yeah. yeah. But here's your here's your beat up combat boots that we've distressed <laughs> in the wardrobe room. Here's, you know, and but that's true. I mean, that's it shows the it shows the ridiculousness of the music industry that it's like that was such a fever pitch and you know they made so much money off of you know that those record sales and mtv that like everybody's like well can you be grunge though could you just be a little more this i mean and that's why it it muddied the water for sure and it just goes back it goes back to um the the complete sort of revolutionizing experience that was this surprise sound out of nowhere out of out of this sea of uh, sea of butt rock <laughs> for the most part i would say on the main it seems almost kind of punkish that you could see some long-haired dudes in ripped up jeans kind of chug through some power chords sing their feelings out and kind of <laughs> ma- like Nirvana songs are, are some of the first songs I learned how to play on the guitar because they're easy, right? right? It's that's punk. Yes. So it's like I I, kind of, I can go down to the Goodwill and dress like that. I could get get a, get a guitar and learn a few chords and play like that. And MTV is pumping it into my basement every hour of every sure. day. It was like corporate punk. It was like corporatized mm-hmm. punk, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, I think that real grunge was never really allowed out of the can in the Seattle, but. But like uh, this idea that like you could you could play at home, you could steal one of your dad's flannels, you could go get a guitar, you could learn how to play t- "Smells Like Teen Spirit," you know, in a matter of you know fifteen twenty minutes. But I mean, but not Pearl Jam, and I think that's why well, I like Pearl Jam more than any yeah. of the other bands in this category. Pearl Jam. Yeah. F- rocks they are such great musicians and songwriters they are so proficient with all their instruments they are amazing amazing uh you know songwriters eddie vetter in his vocal uh chops yeah and and the proficiency on guitar the bass the layering of the songs i mean it's it's it it is it stands out because it isn't three chord rock it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is more of the. And, and I think some of their, their, one of their biggest influences is like Ed's biggest influence, with the exception of a few other bands, but is is the Who. Right. I and mean, I think that they, they really tried. I mean, they they really tried to be, on another level. I mean, they love the Ramones. They love you know. They're more like Zeppelin all, than the Ramones. Right. Yes. And so I think that they were making their own thing they were they were trying to be as hard and as raw and as authentic as they could while also trying to construct albums that 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 had you know uh, uh, took you on a journey almost i mean i don't think they've ever done anything conceptual but their song structure i mean st- we got to credit journey. stone you got to credit stone gossard and jeff Ament, who are kind of the they they go way back in the seattle sound from green river to mother love bone to pearl jam and they can i mean that those first couple records with with the when they got to the third record vitology ed started taking a lot more songwriting chops but those first couple records are all stone gossard and jeff amen and those guys those guys were musicians i mean they cared about how it sounded they cared about the song structure they weren't just wanting to you know throw together 
punk songs they wanted to make you know rock anthems and um yeah and they did it so you're right i mean i think that that's really interesting that i gravitate i i can play a lot of nirvana songs on my guitar i, I can only play a handful right. of pearl jam songs because they're intricate songs 10 is is if you make a, a list of the top 10 rock albums of all time it is definitely on the f- list and probably top five oh, it's gotta be it is yeah, so incredible the, the first see for me pearl jam are these first two albums it's 10 and verses yeah. and and and, yep. and and 10 is i just open forum to talk about 10 good <laughs> god is it awesome i and it, i can't i mean if i really if i'm honest about sort of why that album still sticks with me or why it's so amazing. I, it, it's so personal, but I think that it, a lot of it, it was just like this wild rock and roll um, opus. These Those first few tracks, like Once, Even Flow, Alive, Why Go, uh, uh, just, I mean, I'd never heard anything like it. And it sounded like, it sounded like an explosion of energy. Yeah. It sounded like an explosion of emotion. And here was this guy that sounded this great, like raspy baritone, baritone voice that could just scream his lungs out, but also get really quiet. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, the song alive has always meant a lot to me. And I know it's like one of those things where it meant a lot to him. Those lyrics meant a lot to Ed, but it's sort of the the fans have sort of transformed that song into an anthem of their own that we're all still alive like nothing against nirvana or their fans i just i can't go back and listen to you know senseless apprentice or i can't go back and listen to aneurysm and and get more out of it 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 defines a time and place very specifically but it doesn't I can't go back to it and like really dissect aneurysm or about a girl or I, it just doesn't do it for me. I appreciate it, but that's why I'm a super fan of Pearl Jam, I guess, because I can still go back to their record and and listen to something you know that I I heard when I was 12, and li- sure. and really understand when I'm 38, and that's that's why I. I fall more in love with them all the time i mean you know? I, I have um, to disagree with yeah. you a little bit on that nirvana comment because i'm i'm absolutely in love with nirvana please and please. i think it was the saddest thing ever that kurt cobain was murdered uh-huh. um sure. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly that's that's the lawyer throwing that in so we don't get sued okay oh, regardless nope. of that debate nope. <laughs> He was telegraphing his suicide for okay. years he, in his he music. Definitely was. <laughs> and so, and for, not to detract too much, Chad, but if you listen to a lot of Soundgarden lyrics and you think about Chris Cornell's passing, mm. he's been telling us he's been hopelessly depressed for longer. You know, like his. Well, sure, his but isn't that? Isn't are, that but no, no, but that, that's that's why we latched Sorry, on Chad, to I him. Sorry, Chad, I totally interrupted. We were in the middle of going through. Puberty. We were in the middle of like, yeah. like yeah. lost, going. I'm alienated right. <laughs> and alone and s- scared and and these. Yeah. This music gave us something. It said, yeah. "I understand you. I feel what you're feeling." Mm. That mm-hmm. that is what I think made us latch on to this music so much. And yes. I know you can't dissect Nirvana nearly to the level of Pearl Jam. I'm not an idiot. I get that. However, In Utero, never mind yeah. all these albums. I can st- even the MTV Unplugged. I can still listen to these albums today, 
and mm. feel wow. different passion for where I was then or for maybe something I need now. The cool thing about the uh, the cool thing about the Unplug show is that that was essentially Kurt playing his own Apolo funeral. all I mean, apologies. His, his you can see it in his face. Dude, his 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 stomach was eating him alive. Mm. His heroin use was off the racks. He was a told he was strung out during that whole right. shoot and it was like he was singing at his own funeral with all the flower. He he specifically wanted all of those flower arrangements and candles and like they hired Pat Smear to come in cuz he knew he couldn't play, you know. So it's like they knew that he knew that going down you know versus is is just as good and it almost seemed like for you it was maybe even better than 10 well so yes because the opening track of versus uh go. is go and when i heard that that i mean on my little walkman on on the cassette tape walking around i remember my brother ditched school to go to the local record store to buy that an, a copy of that for me and it was like one of the fastest selling records and you know history for a long time but my brother skipped school went and got me a tape picked me up from school i put it on my headphones and i had to do my paper out that night and i remember putting that on listening to it and those that first little like weird little interlude and then when that drum hits and it's like a machine gun almost i was like i i, I knew i was in for something else it was it was totally new and that record became sort of my, I mean, I love Pearl Jam, but I also associate that with my older brother or 10, I should say, but I also I associate that with my older brother. It's verses that was kind of, this is my, this is my album. This is the one I am listening to by myself and I'm consuming every note, every drum kick, every word. And, and I studied that that booklet like it was you know my science textbook i mean i studied it more than my science <laughs> textbook but i just like i read every lyric every engineer i knew you know brendan o'brien produced that and i and i looked at what else he produced and i was like that was my entry point that that record daughter was like this acoustic folky song that like you know it was kind of my it was my folk song it was like i, I you know that was my that was that was something that i i really fell in love with it was new it was like this acoustic version of pearl jam on this record that you know i was used to their loud guitars right. and their I, solos but this soft tender thing and and indifference and all these so i was like this whole different ride I, I get it was it was more varied much more uh, different tones and different like not genres of music but it just went in different directions and was more it was just more broad musically speaking mm -hmm. you know i i to go back to why our show was so awesome i wish everybody could see see when he was when joel was just talking there he had his eyes closed he had a smile <laughs> and it's like you could feel it you can legitimately yeah. feel and see and feel when somebody is connecting with something that's like he said it's his you know it's theirs it's personal yeah. to him it was it, it spoke yeah. to him in a way that nothing else had and and it's just awesome to experience that with people my my last thought is i haven't i haven't done this yet but i i'm going to and i suggest you you married men do it because you know okay your women are stuck with you they can't leave you because you're you're oh they can yeah, i us. mean I, let's they be honest you're an attorney. you know better than no. that <laughs> so, so here's what you do you are in the throes of making love. You are having, you're okay. just having crazy, you know, you could be either making love or just having hot, passionate sex, right? Then out of nowhere, oh. I want you to just start making Eddie Vedder no noises. I want you to be, oh, no. oh, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> 
That would be a that might be a that might be a, a deal breaker, dude. I think that, as you're getting it on. <laughs> no, that I, I don't think of anything that would make that session end faster than if I started going do do yeah. do do do. I think that'd ruin it, dude. It would ruin it. I think I'd it would like ruin to, it. I'd for like me. to stay married, yes. so I'm not gonna do that. Plus, that's like that's like a melding of things. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna deal with how closely I may or may not have a man crush on Ed. That may that might create some weird sexual singularity, man, that I'm not ready to deal with, nor do I have the therapy money to no. pay for. Nope, nope, I'm out. I'm out. That's a hard pass. Thanks, guys. This is a joy. I could talk I could talk about this all day so it's really an honor to get to hang out with both of you again and um thanks for having me on and you know check out my podcast trying to be better where we talk about real feelings and stuff and enjoy uh listening to this podcast podcast when you need a distraction from your feelings maybe <laughs> yeah no, i'm Thank scared so i'm scared coming. to go down your your podcast it might come it might on. open come on in the water's day chad i don't want to i'm scared bring your inner child chad come on come on it was he, so might, he might relate to it he's your age so you know yeah yeah, yeah that's oh, true that's over my head. <laughs>